Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, welcome back to the Volley Point. <laughs> good to be here. It's good. It's good to be here. I'm laughing because uh, it's what 12 o'clock, 12:02, and uh, I think about four minutes ago I was talking to you in your car. So uh, <laughs> we we pulled it together quick. We're it's in the, the way booth. We roll. Right, it's the way we roll. And listen, today um, we've got a really special guest. All of our guests are really special, um, but this particular guy, as it turns out, uh, is a legend in the world of SEO. He's yes. one of he's one and of the. So, so for people that don't know SEO, what would that be? Search engine optimization. Okay. So when we're trying to be found with Google, for example, right. there's different ways of presenting ourselves online so we get found uh, quicker and whatnot. And those people who figured that out in the early days, the kings of uh, SEO, really climbed to the top of the uh, uh, of the searchability uh, rankings in Google and, and whatnot. So it's a real there's a real art. And uh, you might yeah. remember Mike Brooks, yes. uh, our, our previous uh, uh, guest. He uh, he also is a little bit of an icon of SEO. Now the the interesting thing as well about uh, our next guest is I also met him at NMX at the New Media Expo, which um, kind of like the Wallace McCain Institute, Dave. You know how you and I always talk about. WMI. Yep. It seems like a lot of uh, a lot of our our guests that we're getting uh, uh, in the podcast and and digital social space are people that I met at that uh, particular uh, and event. You, and no, so, just out of curiosity, you only went to one event. <laughs> Yes. And we have <laughs> we have, have met like so literally dozens of your friends from the how like how many weeks was the event? It was a two day thing, man. <laughs> and listen, it's all about having a, having a glass of wine I with know. people, and yeah, you know, it's true. Like um, we have to get this guy named Rick Calvert, who is the guy behind NMX, on as a guest because. Um, just think about without without me going to that particular conference, I wouldn't be here with you today. So he inspired us to uh, that conference inspired us to start a podcast, and uh, look where we are now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in Lee Auden in, and uh, Lee uh, hails from uh, the central, the Midwest of America, uh, so in a completely different time zone uh, than us. And uh, his um, his company is called Top Rank Online Marketing. Uh, so I'm gonna Skype him in right now, and uh, meet Lee. Why don't, why don't you give us the uh, the elevator music? Um, I did that last time. I don't know how well that went over. We can talk. Here we go. Do you have a funny joke? Uh, okay, Ch- check out the beats, the the, the rhythm that the uh, that, that Skype does. Listen. To this. Hello. Hey Lee, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic, Lee. I've got uh, Dave Vale, uh, executive coach, and my uh, co-host on the podcast with us in the in the room. Dave. Hey Lee, how are you? Hi, Dave. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. So, Lee, I don't know if you um, remember too much about me, but I'm the guy that stalked you uh, at NMX, uh, <laughs> you know, claiming that I was a friend of uh, Dave Alston. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> and Dave, and, no, and let's, uh, let's just cut in. What, what are your memories of Greg, Lee? Other than, other than a stalker. We're going we're gonna to put you on the spot here, man. Every time I see someone with a beard, I think, "Oh, a marketer with a beard." <laughs> you, you, you don't you don't think of a, a filmmaker though. No. 
<laughs> That's well, not what I remember. Uh, it's, it's, oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, making films. Yes. Nice, yes. nice. Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, it's going wo- back. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so you, you had a keynote. Uh, I came up after you and had, had a quick quick uh, chat with you. said you're uh, yep. friends with, I was friends with uh, David Olson. And David actually was our second guest on this podcast. And he was the guy that gave us the name of The Boiling Point. So uh, he's uh, he's uh-huh. de- he's got deep roots with the heritage of this podcast. And uh, and yeah, and you know, just before we called you, I was, uh, I was giving an intro that I, I met you at New Media Expo. And uh, as it turns out, we've had a lot of guests that I particularly met at that event and how high quality of an event that was for me as somebody just getting into podcasting. And since then, Lee, we've had, uh, what episode are we on now, Dave? We're probably on episode 30, but it's been weekly. You know, uh, NMX inspired us to start a podcast and, and we've been doing it every single week diligently. We've got uh, listeners and downloaders all around the world. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's been a really cool influence uh what's your, awesome. what, what's your thoughts on the whole nmx and uh you know new media expo experience mm-hmm. and bringing all these people together in podcast blogging and and uh, web video well it's great um i know the spirit is something that the spirit of the conference is something that has been inspiring for a lot of people um i've been involved with that event for five or five six years or something like that so the event has changed quite a bit And it's actually had its growing pains Uh, coming in like last year or this year. You wouldn't know that. Um, So, you know, I don't want to taint any impressions or anything like that. But, um, you know, like anything that starts out with a tight uh, knit community, there's um, there's this kind of um, camaraderie. And, uh, you know, I don't know, this sort of feeling that you get and a blog world or before NMX became uh, or before they became NMX, it was called blog world. And you had all these bloggers from disparate industries coming together. And it was just like, wow, you know, uh, marketers and brands and solopreneurs and just all these people that had this common common thing. And it was really a magical kind of environment. And, um, and, uh, and that went on for a couple of years and now, um, it's, it's a, it's a little bit different and they're, they're really evolving, uh, the event. And, uh, one of the best parts is their attention to, to media. Um, you know what I mean? Beyond, um, they're trying to cross the chasm between, um, you know, self-published media as if it's not a good thing or something that gets put over in the corner in mainstream media. And I think they're trying to collect different people uh, to create an environment for these people to connect with each other, whether they're book publishers or people, you know, creating movies uh, or doing different video projects or podcasts like this or whatever. It's interesting. That's a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. But and Lee, Lee, this is Dave here. <clears throat> Gray, without a beard, by the way. No beard on me. <laughs> uh, I noticed in your picture you have a beard or you did have a beard. So, uh, so I'm the <laughs> oh, one. Oh, I definitely have a beard. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, in fact, there's a Facebook group, a very famous Facebook group called Marketers with Beards. So, oh, I love it. Love oh, it. Oh, you've got to just search for Marketers, for Marketers <laughs> with Beards. On Facebook, you will find it. We have 130 people at least, and Beautiful. it's just the most intellectual of her suit uh, discussion. Yes, I can imagine. <laughs> follicle, follicle rich and uh, <laughs> lots of parody. <laughs> so, Greg, I was gonna I was gonna ask you about. I mean, um, 
it sounds like you've been with well you you're one of the what are you one of the founders of Animex or you had a big part of uh, you know being pioneering in no, that I'm I was, guessing I was or? just an, when it started I was just an early attendee ah, okay. and um, I had just been um, a real big advocate of the event it's just uh, it was very valuable to me I made lots of really really incredible connections right and uh, and you know became friends with Rick. Uh, and Dave, the guys who who founded it, and um, it was really uh, uh, almost a bucket list item that when Rick asked me to do the keynote, I it's something I always wanted to do at that event, and it was a big honor to me to to get a chance to do that. Now, l- l- listen, not not to alienate the folks who weren't there, but uh, uh, I, I want to know if you laugh at this question or not, uh, Lee. Um, did you get hypnotized? I did not get hypnotized. There was a hypnotist there? I wouldn't get anywhere near someone who could actually hypnotize, hypnotize a person. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I... Did you get uh, hypnotized? Great, great, great entertainment. He's, I, still, I he's still hypnotized, to be honest. And you know what? That, that, that's an inside joke for anybody who went to NMX. Right. I, I will say nothing more. Um, Lee, the... Um, besides meeting, having, 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 uh, you know, really enjoying uh, what you had to say at NMX, um, David Olson let me know that you are um, somewhat of a pioneer in the space of SEO, internet marketing. Um, you were one of those early adopters and the, the early the early pioneers in you know marketing brand and telling stories online and, and being heard. Is that an accurate uh, uh, you know uh, pitch for for your background? <laughs> well, I, you know, if someone else says it, it must be true. <laughs> no, and I David doesn't lie that. either. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm just writing out a check to David yes. in here. He's got, um, he's got enough money, I think. He'd be okay. So, so uh, you know, I started working in the late 90s in the field of SEO. So I had some experience in that space, but um, I've, you know, I'm fundamentally a marketer. So the things that, um, I, you know, I've been able to do have, uh, some of them have worked out really well, you know, and um, in terms of, how we've done our marketing as an agency is really involved a lot of uh, storytelling, um, speaking at events, as well as writing a blog. Um, I've been blogging for about 10 years, a little over 10 years, actually. Um, I added it up to uh, 1.2 million words over the last 10 wow. years I've written on that blog wow. and uh, published a book and I wrote articles for other places and a lot of writing. And, and, and uh, so, I don't know, um, I think that... If you're able to survive, <laughs> you might stand out because a lot of people start these things and they grow impatient because they're not famous or something or they're not rich right away or, or whatever. And they, they just, you know, they, they let it go. I saw a study from uh, IBM, uh, something like 90 percent of corporate blogs or business blogs uh, do five blog posts and then never blog again. Really? That's crazy. So what, it so is crazy. What, at what point, like what, at what point does it catch fire? Do you think? Well, you know, that's the thing for some people, it never does catch fire per se. Um, but it grows like a, a slow boil. Okay. Uh, and other folks are, do have the benefit of all of a sudden going, you know, kabam, right. all of a sudden they've got a hundred thousand, you know, uniques coming to their blog every month or, or more than that. Um, it depends on your industry. I mean, it's a relative measure of success, right? 
So what, um, what about a so Lee? What about a crowded space? So I'm in I'm in the leadership space, right? And there's a lot yeah. of people talk in leadership, and and uh, and you know, and I have a blog, and I, I interview leaders. Uh, I talk, uh, you know, about leadership, but I mean, the connection really is coaching is a facilitator of developing leaders, right? And or facilitates developing leaders, um, and it just seems like such a crowded space. And I and I'm so so. What would advice do you give to someone who's in a crowded space who is blogging, who actually got a podcast now. Um, you know, I, we, we do a lot of um, speaking, uh, which is probably our best source of and storytelling, I guess, to a, to a degree in the speaking space is our best source of actually business. But what, how do you stay? What's your what's your opinion on standing out in a in a in a really crowded world? Well, I think to stand out, you've got to differentiate yourself and you also have to be very specific and your messaging. Um, and that is not only uh, manifest in the words you use, but the aesthetic as well. So, you know, you've got to sort of brand yourself and, uh, you know, be effective at communicating original thought and, and be provocative, be compelling. And, um, as people start to become attracted to the, your uniqueness and differentiation, you know, you really got to help activate those advocates. Um, I, I think that's what you've got organically, at least that's what one has to do to, to stand out in a very crowded marketplace. Mm-hmm. And when you say, uh, a- when you say activate, what do you, what do you mean by that? Just if I could dig into that. Connect, connect with them. Um, you know, recognize them really is mo- probably the most powerful thing you can do to grow, um, evangelists and amongst your community is simply to recognize that, uh, Hey, I really appreciate that you're, you're, you're retweeting my stuff all the time. And that's pretty awesome. I just mm-hmm. want to send you a note. Um, and, and let you know, I really appreciate that, that sort of thing, calling them out, including them. Um, the other thing I think would be to connect with people who already have what you want. So if there's a way to connect with influencers, um, who are out there that, could partner with you in some way, or if there's a way you can create value for them. Mm-hmm. I've done this extensively uh, myself. Um, since I'm just a, a small town Minnesota guy who has no business <laughs> doing the stuff I do, it's it's remarkable. If I got hypnotized, man, let <laughs> me find out. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, I, I am. I, I have very humble roots. And, and so, uh, a lot of my learning and differentiating and standing out and believe me, search and digital marketing is an extremely competitive and crowded marketplace. Um, you can only imagine, right. Uh, is to connect with people who already have influence, who already have authority and finding ways to create value for them. Right. And, by association, of course, it lifts you up. Right. Good uh, I've got a question. Uh, you know, you, you're, you say you're from uh, Minnesota. Similar to us, Lee, we're on the east coast of Canada, and Dave and I both uh, run companies that are really doing <laughs> things that we probably don't have, uh, we, we probably weren't designed to do in, in uh, regional areas like this, but we're doing it. And we found our own, awesome. quote unquote, boiling points of when, or the tipping point, we're going to use the word boiling point for branding purposes. Our own boiling points uh, uh, happen for, for, for different reasons. I want to hear about yours. When did you find out, because you are um, working in a relatively cluttered space, um, when did your company get recognized in that way where it, you know, essentially reached that boiling point and uh, organically started to uh, attract the, uh, the needs of conferences all over North America pulling you in and you writing the book? And yeah, What was your boiling point story? 
Hmm. So that's an interesting question because I'm trying to think of any any one pivotal moment. Um, I, I you know before I wrote the book, uh, our blog was already fairly popular. Um, I think one thing that probably helped quite a bit is the transition that we made from just SEO to doing a mix of digital marketing tactics. And, and so I evangelized that a lot on our blog. And so rather than when we were getting recognized on our blog in lists, uh, in context for uh, SEO types of things, but around 2005, six, something like that, I uh, can't even remember advertising or actually, um, a fellow, um, I'm trying to remember his name. Oh my God. Uh, but anyway, uh, he had published a list of the top marketing blogs and, and Todd Anderlich is his name. And, uh, he, he had published this list of top marketing blogs and it was pretty credible what he did, the way in which he sorted them. And we were in the top 10. And, and so it was really, uh, I think a moment where we were recognized, not just as an SEO authority, but also for, you know, broadly, uh, towards marketing. Well, advertising age bought that list from him. And so it became the avid advertising age power 150. And, and we were ranked in the top 10 of that list for, for many years. But, uh, I think the publicity that came from that, um, uh, was pretty, pretty important for, for, you know, drawing attention. And that, caused a sequence of other events to occur that got us more and more and more exposure. Okay, this is cool. And, and this kind of um, stokes uh, a question for me, which is the combination of traditional media and social media. Um, what's your advice on that? Because Dave and I, we both write articles in our analog uh, uh, provincial paper. And Oddly, it just brings us so much attention. Like it's, uh, it's, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's almost. Uh, and I wonder if that's our demographic, like the demographic might, here. It maybe, could very well but be. I, yeah, but that's like, a good question. Yeah, and even showing up on uh, the local news, uh, being uh, a subject matter expert on a particular issue, it's it's almost like that power is still there. It's not what it used to be, but it's almost uh, you know when when you're developing your marketing strategy. They really work hand in hand in parallel in my perspective. But I'd, l- I'd love to hear your uh, perspective on that. I completely agree. I completely agree. And, and I tell you, it's, it's a force multiplier of sorts when you can get both offline in traditional media and digital media exposure. Um, you know, if, if someone, you know, just a, a you know, month ago, um, Ann Hanley, who writes a column for Entrepreneur, and obviously she runs or she's a chief content officer at Marketing Profs, said, "Hey, Lee, I want to interview for uh, my column in Entrepreneur Magazine," and I'm and I'm like, "You mean for the print version?" and and she's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, you know, fist pumping in the air, like that's awesome, right? <laughs> um, and this is like a very focused, you know, I mean, it's. Uh, it wasn't just like one little mention kind of a thing. It was more substantial than that. And, and so the, the fact that that was in print was just highly motivating. And I know that that sentiment is felt by a lot of people, a lot of business people. It's like, you know, it's great to be mentioned online. You know, the, the barrier to entry for that is uh, not quite the same as the, uh, you know, what's happening in the print media. So I think, I think the combination of the two is very powerful. Hmm. I wonder why that is. Uh, why does the traditional media still hail for credibility and i think you just mentioned that you know the the access point is considerably easier on the web but you know 
everybody continues to slam traditional media and say it's the it's the end of an era, et cetera, et cetera. But it still holds such incredible weight. Yeah. What, what, what's your what's your perspective? I think it's the business models that are troubled, not so much the content. I mean, it, it, yeah, I shouldn't say that. Um, you know, New York Times just did a whole introspective on itself of how they're failing. Um, <laughs> Uh, in that way, I mean, Buzzfeed gets more traffic than New York, New York Times. I mean, that's crazy. Um, anyway, uh, I think it's the but there is a, a, a something to say be said about quality with with traditional media. Um, it's obviously not as easy to get visibility uh, in traditional media, and it's also the tactile na- tactile tactile nature of newspaper and magazine mm-hmm. as an example. Mm-hmm. I think there's some some merit to that as well. Um, and, and, uh, I think those things combine and they're different for every market or person, but, um, I think those things combine to, to have an impact on, on consumers. So, so at the end of the day, your, 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 your advice is, you know, get, get in both, in both. Yes. Mediums. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Well, it, it's it, the, the question about, well, how do I stand out in a crowded marketplace? Get a column in a print publication or two and, right be what I like to call the best answer online when people are looking, whether they're searching or going on the social web or whatever, man, the, the, the combination of those two things is, is uh, one, two punch. Nice. Okay. Let me, I, I want to change gears a little bit. You, you mentioned um, being in, uh, and what was, what was the magazine that you were covered recently? Entrepreneur. On? Entrepreneur magazine. Right. Okay. So, so I, and a lot, we have a lot of entrepreneurs listening to us. Um, we are two entrepreneurs and, uh, and I was, I was just doing a little background stuff work on, you know, just looking into who you are and what you're about. And, and I, I love this, um, this question that was asked on, I think it's on your bio, but what's the, the bravest, most challenging thing you've accomplished? And you talked about writing a book in three months, and then you talk about foregoing a salary, um, to, and helping start a, a market agency. So tell, I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, that, because there's a lot of people out there on the cusp of taking a leap into something very cool. And what we're trying to do is promote entrepreneurship and an entrepreneurial spirit and mindset. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us about, you know, this, and I, and I understand this happened back in 2001, mm-hmm. um, when the, the market probably, things probably look kind of bleak. And if you look back, you know, what, I guess almost 14 years ago, um, tell, you know, what was that experience like? What, what helped you take the leap? It, it was bleak. <laughs> the, the, the dot com yeah. crashed, <laughs> you know, uh, tech companies were were not investing in marketing at all, and you know we decided to start a, a, a technology PR firm. <laughs> well, so everyone's running the other way, uh, away from yeah. the fire, and you guys are running towards it. Yeah, well, you know, circumstances caused uh, uh, an opportunity to to start this tiny little agency with just a couple of people, and uh, yeah, it was just like. I had been in sales before and I had been in an environment where, you know, hundred percent commission, you eat what you kill. Mm-hmm. So I had maybe, um, a little bit of tolerance for the uncertainty of <laughs> where, where to get that next dollar. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think entrepreneurs have to be brave in that way. I mean, they have to have confidence that, you know what, this is going to work. Obviously they, they wouldn't try anything. Um, but the thing is, is that this is backed up by, I had spent, you know, I had already been in another agency or I had grown the online marketing and custom web dev part of that business to a good chunk of the business. 
and uh, the owner just let me do that. Um, I wasn't part of the charter of the of the organization, and uh, you know, we I got to learn stuff, and you know, he made some money, not a lot, but <laughs> um, I, I got to learn some really great skills. And when I felt like oh, I can actually go out on my own, I did. And I was independent consulting when I connected with uh, Susan Michoukanis, who had uh, been a VP of marketing at a number of technology companies and wanted to start an agency. So I was actually, uh, I, w- I optimized their website first and, and then they were starting to pitch some public re- uh, pitch PR mm-hmm. to some, some, you know, companies. And they started to say, Hey, how about if we added SEO and PR together? And uh, we actually won British Telecom's U.S. division called BT Sintegra. That's a billion-dollar company, and they hired us and got rid of Weber Shanwick. And uh, I was actually not even an employee technically at the time. Hmm. And they did that because they were like, no other PR firm pitching this business is saying, talking about SEO and how SEO can actually attract journalists to our news content because journalists are using search to find subject matter experts and sources. And, uh, so then I, be, so I beat, what happened was I became an employee, uh, the, one of the original partners left to go to back and do design work. And I, they became a partner. And then after a couple of years, the, the search stuff and the digital marketing stuff just started to grow so much. The Susan, the founder said, Hey, let's swap spots. You be the CEO and you be the face of the company and all run day-to-day operations. And so that's what we did. Wow. What a, what a cool story. Yeah. Jeez. Well, and, and, and you, so that leap of faith paid off. Like, do you, you know, if you think back to, um, to, to when you were, you know, the, and I'm, and I'm, 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 it's almost good to relive this in a way if you can, but like what, what kept you going? Like what, what kept you from saying, screw it, I got to go get a job and, and, and something uh, consistent and, you know, like what, what was it that kept, kept you going? Well, uh, a couple things. One, passion for the, the, the work mm-hmm. uh, and being really good at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were getting results for people. And, and so it was just like building, it built your confidence. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just like, this works like this thing that we've got, it actually works. So, and and it's a little bit different maybe because we didn't have a tangible product, right? So it wasn't like, oh, people don't like our product um, or they like it. And there's a marketing problem. We didn't have a marketing problem because we were, we are marketing, right? I mean, when the work we did worked for somebody, they told other people. And uh, of course we used what we did for clients on our own, our own, uh, for ourselves. And, and, and interestingly, or this might be interesting to folks is we never, we never, we don't buy any, really any advertising. Um, and we don't have salespeople. So all business over these 14 years have all been inbound, right? Mm. Everything has been inbound. Um, I mean, we played with, uh, obviously we play with, uh, social ads and we played with pay per click in years past, but I'm talking over 14 years, we probably spent less than $5,000 on advertising. So it's like, wait a minute. In fact, now some of our marketing projects get funded by third parties, which is crazy. If you think about it, we're like, Hey, let's run a campaign. Okay. It's going to cost $20,000. Oh, wait, wait, let's get this other company to sponsor it. So we're starting to do stuff like that, which is awesome and crazy at the same time so well this uh, is it's incredible because uh people are willing to pay that because they already know that you've got an audience base and you know and and i guess that goes back to okay you're not investing in a business development person or sales team however 
this is the big question I've got because uh, our companies are very similar. Uh, my company is a film production company. We do television, uh, documentaries, TV series. But the other side mm-hmm. is we're a marketing mm-hmm. tool for agencies and, and companies uh, uh-huh. doing TV commercials, web videos, all that sort of thing. Um, we've we also have experimented with having sales, but really ninety five percent of our uh, our customer base is pull, and I want to increase that uh, to a more international level. And my question to you is, how much did you invest in doing things like, you know, speaking at conferences, writing books? spending real dedicated time developing a blog, um, these sort of things. Because in a way, you're still, you're still investing in that environment that creates pull. You know, uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're investing substantially. Uh, all of our investment is in pull. Uh, yeah, and I don't want that to sound like we're not investing. We're just not spending it on ads. What we're doing is we're creating, we're creating uh, our own content. We're creating... You know, we're investing in our, our own equity and creating momentum for, for our own brand um, through conference speaking, through writing. I mean, I, I publish two or three times a week. Uh, I speak at not that many conferences, maybe 15 or 20, but half the conf- uh, 15 or 20 a year, probably this year. Um, <laughs> that, that's a lot. Over, <laughs> over, over half of them are paid speaking gigs, though. I mean, people are paying me. To, to, to give presentations, uh, uh, you know, they'll pay for me to do a webinar, um, uh, or, or whatever. So, so it's interesting and I don't look for those things. They just, you know, Hey, uh, we have some budget and we'd like to engage you to do this thing. Okay. You know, that, that sounds like it'll work for me. And, and, uh, and then, you know, people in the audience will come up and go, Hey, uh, you know, I really like what you said and I've been reading your blog and I bought your book and, uh, we have a project. We're wondering if you're available. And, and, and so that, that's, that investment has been very much worthwhile. And we're lucky to, ha- I'm lucky to have a partner like Susan, who's able to run most of the data. She and Jolina and, and Amy are able to run the day-to-day operations of the business. And I'm spending, you know, 50% of my time at least uh, marketing the agency, uh, doing thought leadership types of things, uh, you know, what, between conferences and books and, and whatever. Okay, I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, th- and this is 100% uh, for my own selfish uh, uh, needs. However, most most CEOs listening to this uh, have the same question: Where do we start? Uh, a lot of a lot of CEOs do have a great uh, uh, ability to tell their story. Many are very comfortable in front of audiences. Um, I do public speaking myself, but certainly not uh, in the way that you are. Uh, I want to get there. Um, how do you become attracted, uh, attracting um, to these these people who are putting you in front of the right audience? Essentially, you're giving value to a conference and to an audience, but really, it's uh, to me, it seems like a brilliant uh, way to grow the business. What's the what's the first steps? Well, I think you have to stand for something. You have to really define. Uh, your own personal unique selling proposition. And, and it's gotta be more than one thing, obviously, but you've got to have, you know, a couple of key things that you have a position on and, and it's very compelling or even provocative position on, and you are able to articulate that both verbally as well as in your writing. Um, so th- I think that's one thing that's super important to, to get started with and you have to be patient and it's going to take time. But, you know, as what you say resonates, 
uh, with the public uh, and the audiences that you're after, um, then obviously you've got to nurture that along and, and it grows and grows and grows. Concurrent to those activities, you've got to network yourself into situations and opportunities. So uh, so you have to approach these things in it from a give to get. Like, it, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I okay, what can I pitch to this conference, or, conference organizer to get them to help, uh, have me speak at their event? And like, well... They're a customer. Think about them as a customer. What what value can I bring to them that differentiates me from someone else? You know, and and so if you approach your networking in that way, concurrent to this other business of hey, here's what I stand for. Here's some of the key points, key things that that I think are broken, and then here's a point of view or a model for fixing it. Um, those that's that's also you know that that's what's pretty effective, and here. Here's something that sounds superficial, but it's pretty damn valuable. And you've got to be able to come up with little sound bites. In today's ADD social media sharing world, it, you've got to be able to write tweetable, uh, sound biteable, quotable comments that support your um, unique selling proposition. And I, I can't tell you how, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've worked on this myself and and, um, and I, you know, I know some other folks in our industry are extremely good at it. And as a result, you know, their message gets shared all over the place wow. and it gets shared by the right people. So can you, how about give us some examples? Like what would you, so in your case with what you do, what, what is, um, what do you, th- you know, what would be uh, a really good soundbite? Well, um, to put you as, on the spot, as, right? As it, no, no. As, <laughs> on, as an example, like one of the things I like to say or that I talk about is, um, you know, be the best answer, right? Uh, be the best answer is a manifestation of, you know, what what integrated marketing is all about, right? So wherever customers are looking, you've got to be the best answer. Being the best mm-hmm. answer is, of course, you're the most useful. You're providing utility, but best also implies, I think, maybe an experience, something that people aren't getting somewhere else. And of course you're delivering an answer. So it actually solves an information problem that they have. So they've got questions and you're giving answers. And so that, that just that simple expression, be the best answer can, can be um, something that, that synthesizes a lot of different things that are really important for people to know about, you know, modern digital marketing. Um, So that's, I guess, you know, one, one simple, um, sort of example, there's, there's tons of other, um, I, I actually keep a list. <laughs> I keep a list that, um, people take out of my presentations and they tweet them, uh, and retweet them a lot. And those that get re- most retweeted actually keep a list of them that Smart. I can then use in subsequent presentations. Yeah, yeah. So there's things that, you know, like, oh, wow, like, like, uh, uh, content is the reason search began in the first place. I thought that was a pretty silly thing to say, but that's probably one of the most retweeted things I've said hmm. at an event. And and I'm like, really? Okay. Um, but it, whatever, <laughs> um, or the, the notion of brands moving from mechanical to being meaningful. So a lot of marketing is very structured. It's very focused on scale. And really what people are looking for is experiences and emotion. And, and so brands moving their marketing from mechanical to meaningful is a synthesis of that. Um, and things like attract, engage, convert, right? That's a model that we use. 
Um, it's in my book, Optimize, but uh, Attract, Engage, Convert is also a, a, a marketing accountability model that we use to filter all marketing and PR activities. And that's something that's resonated with a lot of people too. Yeah. No, yeah. I, well, and you know what's cool? So you're really listening to your audience to see what's resonating with them in terms of what you're saying. And that that's really, that's, I mean, that's brilliant. I mean, it makes so mm-hmm. much sense. Or, I mean, I even like give to get, right? Um, I mean, that's just, that just popped in my head. It was a nice little soundbite. Um, who, so who are the people that are coming to you for help? Like what are, what are the examples of clients you'd be working with? Well, uh, today, um, you know, we, we are working with a lot more larger companies. Um, I mean, I guess there's some companies that are mid market that we've worked with for a while. I mean, we, obviously we worked with David and Radiant six for a little while when they were brand new. Um, and, and we helped Marketo, um, launch, which is another good example. Um, they were a startup when they came to us and now obviously they're much, much larger. Um, but you know, we have companies like Dell, um, that we're working with on numerous fronts. Um, we're in the middle of a pretty substantial influencer content program with Dell right now that we're launching at Dell world. Um, we also provide marketing services to LinkedIn, um, to two of the three divisions at LinkedIn, marketing solutions and sales solutions at LinkedIn. Um, we also support um, anywhere from 10 to 25 businesses uh, that are part of uh, McKesson. McKesson is a $120 billion uh, pharma um, healthcare uh, technology company based in San Francisco. And so we do quite a bit of work with them. So those are some of the bigger companies. But, you know, there's there's projects we've done for companies like General Mills and and uh, Staples and, you know, lots of other consumer brands. Um, um, yeah. So there so, you go. A lot of so, a lot of B2B technology companies. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm hearing that. I, I mean, that's that struck a chord with me. Uh, but I mean, obviously, that's those organizations on a different level than mine is. Um, what do you like? Can you think of a project that you're really proud of? Like something that you did and you went, man, that was cool. You know, um, we recently worked with uh, Content Marketing World, which is a conference um, that I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's it's a, it's an amazing conference. It's it's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we've been involved since since they started. And so they have us help them promote their their conference um, each year. And so there's a project that we did with them where we um, produced a series of four eBooks and the conference theme was beyond storytelling. So we thought storytelling uh, would be the theme of mm-hmm. this eBook series. And uh, we picked Alice in Wonderland as a story, a classic story everyone can relate to. Mm-hmm. And the four eBooks, uh, of the four eBooks, each one represented a different track at the conference. Um, but each one was themed a different color, but with Alice in Wonderland uh, imagery. Um, so this, this notion of storytelling and audience of, uh, excuse me, storytelling and, uh, so content marketing strategy, storytelling and audience development, storytelling and visual content, storytelling and content marketing ROI. And so to populate the content from these eBooks, we connected with speakers at the conference. So on one level, we identified first all the brands that we would like to do business with that were speaking at the conference and we tapped them first. Sweet. And, and then of course we went to vendors who could also be our potential customers and we tapped them. And then we went obviously for the other consultants that do what we do that are also very famous. And we tapped some of them as well. 
And they all gave us practical, tactical uh, tips, many of them flavored with Alice in Wonderland metaphors. And that's how we packaged the series of ebooks. And each ebook had an uh, infographic and uh, long form interviews to support and promote it. Lots of social sharing, da, 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 da. In the end of this month long promotion, we had over 145,000 views um, on, on SlideShare of the four ebooks. Um, there was well over 10,000 social shares and um, there were 2,000 PDF downloads. I can't believe I remember all this off the top of my head. And, <laughs> it's and the, there it's were the engaged part of your model. You, you were over really... eight, 800, yeah, 800 uh, leads. Wow. 800, we want more information leads. Now, this program, this whole four ebook program, it was sponsored by Curata, which is a content curation software company. And so they paid for it. And, um, and so that, that, that is a recent project that was awesome. I mean, it worked really, really well. Everyone at the event saw it, uh, at the, saw these eBooks. Um, obviously lots of people in the industry have seen these eBooks and top ranks, you know, branding is on everything. Well, th- this, this is, this is the part that I think is brilliant because this is 100% mutual benefit right around the table. Nobody loses in the structure, structure that you're talking about. And when we talk about the, uh, when we look at the industry I work in with broadcasters, we'll take a great TV show idea, we'll pitch it to a broadcaster, right? Um, the broadcaster gives us money. The broadcaster makes advertisements, you know, makes money off the advertisements they put on, you know, in between our content. Um, and then, yeah, you have to ask a question, who loses? Now, I'm not saying the audience is, is losing a lot because they are getting content on the TV show, but essentially... The audience loses because their content is interrupted by these uh, disrupting mm-hmm. ads. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about is a way, and and there's no secrets here. You're going to get a ton of leads out of doing something like this. The the company paying for it is going to get brand awareness and hopefully some uh, some downloads. And they also um, got leads mm-hmm. exactly. And CMI is going to get people uh, registering for the conference and the magazine and, and subscribing to the blog. It's yep. I, I love that, and it feels like. The uh, the firms and uh, and the pioneers who are really getting to the top are 100% about mutual benefit. And it feels like there's no no loss. And is that kind of a, a sign of the new age of business? Because I'm you know it seems like the dinosaurs who don't subscribe to that they're they're falling off. I think I believe in it, and I'm I'm banking on uh, with a certain segment of our marketing on that kind of activity. I'm personally drawn to the 360 degree win kind of situation. I I feel really good about that, and that drives me um, quite a bit. And as long as it's producing results, then you know it's very defensible. I, I think a, a trend is. Of, of this notion of, you know, participation marketing or crowdsourced marketing where we can actually actively involve the people we would like to do business with in the creation of the content that we're using to connect with them is is definitely a trend. Definitely a trend. Yeah. So we, we're just going to, we're actually, this is this is brilliant stuff. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, they, so it, it actually really, I mean, more, I think most importantly for you and I, Greg, is it philosophically feels right, right? Like you're always looking for those win-win mm-hmm. uh, engagements Completely. and collaboration and, you know, this idea of participation marketing. I mean, I, I love it. So so it's neat to hear how it's working. Um, in, in wrapping up, a couple questions, but the, the, so you're, you're based in Minnesota, I understand. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so I played hockey in North Dakota for a while. Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota and, I, and I lived in Saskatchewan, played hockey there. I mean, like, so to me, Minnesota is like a little extension of Canada. I hope you're okay with that, Lee. And I, I say, actually, that's a real compliment, okay? So, um, so, what, so what I'm wondering is, um, uh, I, and so there's a couple Canadian questions I have for you. Um, the first, I think I know the answer to, um, uh, BlackBerry or iPhone? Oh, iPhone. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Jeez. Well, I'm iPhone too. Are you? Yeah, I was going to say, what, what's in your pocket right now, Dave? <laughs> what is a Canadian question? I mean, every Canadian talk about Blackberry. It's, not, it's less relevant now. But the most important one is who is your favorite NHL hockey team? And it can't be it can't be in Minnesota Wild, aside from the Wild. Oh, <laughs> that's a horrible question for me, I'm telling you. Come on, come on. Not a hockey uh, fan? It, it might be horrible for I'm him for the same really, reason. I'm really not. Okay, Lee, uh, Lee, that's the right oh. answer because I can't, I can't give you the answer either. I might say the Quebec Nordiques. Uh, you for, could. I, I, they they don't even old. exist. The Chicago Blackhawks? There really? you go. There you go. <laughs> because that's that's who comes to my mind. If it can't be the Minnesota Wild, it would only be Chicago. All right. Okay. Well, then you satisfied my, my, uh, my Dave, hockey Dave, interest. Dave, what, yes. what was your favorite Grateful Dead concert you were at? Oh, the one just before Jerry died. <laughs> I love it. Well, Lee, listen, what's the best way for people to subscribe to your uh, brilliant words and your message? Uh, d- different ways for people to get uh, connected with you and your company. Uh, just uh, uh, g- give us all the, all the goods here. Really, you can just if you go to marketingblog.com, uh, you can find where I publish the majority of uh, what I have to say. And also share where I'll be speaking uh, at various events throughout the year. And uh, it has links to, you know, me on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and wherever else there also. So that that's really the, the best place. Marketingblog.com and our agency site is top rank marketing.com. Uh, that's, that's killer, Lee. This has been great. And uh, a, a favor I will ask you, and as my colleague Dave often says, you may reject, oh, you may accept, reject, or negotiate, <laughs> is um, if you listen to this podcast, if you like it, if you don't mind sharing it with your friends, we'd uh, we'd appreciate it because there's a lot of great sharing that we've got on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Love uh, love to get as many people hearing this particular one as possible. So if if you think it's of uh, of, of the quality of uh, of worthiness uh, to share, we'd uh, we'd appreciate that and uh, and that's well, great. Of course, yeah, of course. Well, and Lee, and like in you know, despite the. Uh the, the Canadian questions that I, I I guess I shouldn't have gone there. Greg's giving me the the dirty looks right now. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. And Greg, uh, and I was giving him a little bit of the gears earlier in the in our little little uh, preamble before we got you on about NMX. And and I just like how many how long was this conference? Because like how many weeks was it? Because we've had so many guests on from the thing. He's like, oh, it's two days. And I was like, well, how many did you go to? Well, I've just been to one. So so beware. He may. Uh, you know, it's been a great source of, of of really quality conversations like the one today, and I really appreciate you making the time for us. Lee. And you know, what? we have to get Rick uh, on here as a guest as well. You know, the fa- one of the R- founders. Rick is of- awesome. Rick, Rick is awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. And so is Dave Sinkin, his his partner. Um, yeah, if you can get them on, get him on, uh, that'd be great. 
Yeah, we'll talk about uh, the, the pairing up of NMX and NAB this year, which is going to be quite exciting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, as as, as a gear geek myself, uh, you know, I'm in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lee, thanks so much, man. Really uh, looking forward to uh, crossing paths again sometime, and uh, I'll tell uh, Alston that you were in the boiling point with us. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I'm waving to him virtually. <laughs> he's listening, of course, and I'm as growing. I'm growing my beard as we speak. Sweet. And he's going to wonder. Yeah, exactly. He's going to wonder why is Lee's voice so deep it's because i've got a horrible cold that's why it works for you man it's great <laughs> yeah. on the microphone <laughs> all right, all right Lee, well, you th- guys have a great day thanks a you lot too. thanks very much thank you take care bye-bye yet another brilliant little conversation and you're right <laughs> the the amount of interesting people with a ton of value to talk about that i met at nmx last year is is outstanding it's it is outstanding it's astounding actually astounding. and i would say and but kudos to you greg we could celebrate this right now if you want. Are we going to celebrate this? <laughs> is no, but no, but kudos to you to like, and that's one of the things that I think is really cool about you is your your ability to connect with people and and to the point where they'll come and jump on and they you know he, Lee remembers you got a beard you know hey, and then as soon as you film it he goes all right yeah I'm honored well, you're not you're you're not a guy to easily forget so um, so that's very cool because it's, it's provided ma- awesome content for us and these guys are given like I mean the nuggets like are amazing right so what what did you take away from lee's conversation i I, I mean just one before we go there i mean just you you brought it up but the fact that he's in minnesota you know and and making a lot of this happen he mentioned some of his clients i mean that that's got to give the entrepreneur anywhere some some optimism right whether you're in like we the guys we interviewed from miramichi to um wherever right um, I mean, that is very cool. Well, you remember the, the, the book, The World is Flat. I do. Right? I, I remember Ian Cavanaugh gave that book to me years ago. And truly, like, I don't know, I, I probably read that book 10 years ago. And it really wasn't even of much relevance at that time. It was almost like a prophecy of, of how the world is going to be. Mm-hmm. But in the last decade, the world has become so flat mm-hmm. that whether you're in St. John, New Brunswick, or Miramichi, or Minnesota, or wherever, you can connect with the most iconic um, brands and companies and mm-hmm. uh, entrepreneurs and thought leaders uh, on earth. Um, and it doesn't matter where you're from. Right. As long as you've got a kick-ass podcast. That's all. I, 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 <laughs> right? With a great name. <laughs> there Thank you, you David Olson. So, you know what? My, um, my, I've got a million takeaways, okay. but the one I really liked that was tactical was... Um, I think, I, you know, I like Be the Best Answer. You little jerk! <laughs> you you saw that? You saw that on my on my note? No, I'm I, so yeah, go yeah, for it. What, yeah, what is it? You stole my takeaway. Be the best answer. <laughs> yeah. So that's but, what happens when we only have one page. We've got one page. And we're scribbling on one pen. On one pen. Um, now, okay, so I, I, you know, I got two. Then I'm okay. going to no, no, yeah. you, you go with that. I, uh, be the best answer, um, and what that means to me is be as relevant, authentic. And factual as you mm-hmm. possibly can mm-hmm. when you're put, when you're creating content online or where, on in the newspaper, traditional media, wherever, and even with your your, your spoken word, mm-hmm. be the best answer. Be thoughtful. That's something I need to work on. We have to be thoughtful with turning those brain waves into words that actually sink in and are memorable and are worthy of being tweeted. Right. The last part of a takeaway for me, which I fully subscribe to, is that uh, mutual benefit uh, situation. He mentioned a 360-degree benefit. And you know what? I'm going to steal that because that's excellent. Uh, Everything that we're trying to do with Hemings House uh, is mutual benefit. We don't don't want any losers, any deal. If I do work with somebody, Dave, you're included, I want you to make a ton of money. 
I want you to have a ton of benefit, at et cetera, et cetera. And every single touch point to a project that we're involved with yep. um, has to benefit all this, all the stakeholders. And I love that. So that's my takeaway. That's good. Yeah. Well, and that's 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 the testament to you wanting longevity too, right? Like I think we would share the the same value, and we don't want to work once with our client. We want to work years with our client. Exactly. And, and the only way is if there's mutual benefit, right? Um, a couple that I would add to that is um, I love the concept of give to get. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, he speaks. I, I do a fair bit of speaking. Um, a lot of it's paid speaking, and it is a really good source of, of leads. But And just to be really clear, you know, what am I going to give to, to get something? So, um, and just create, and it's just tying into what you said, eh? creating the sound bites. And like, I, I'm not as nearly as strong as I could be at that. And I mean, that's a, a great, big growth opportunity. And, you know, and, and as he described it, you, you start thinking, yeah, that's right, because it does resonate. It does stick with people. And, and uh, but uh, what a cool guy. And, and as I, you know, and I would encourage listeners to do a little background check on him because, I mean, he's he's got some really interesting stuff out there. And mm-hmm. he comes right at the top of Google. Imagine that. Right? Yeah, when yeah, you, yeah. When you put his yeah. name in. And how, how do we spell, spell, how do we spell his name again? L-E-E-O-D-D-I-N. Right, Odin. That better, um, that better be right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and subscribe. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I subscribe to his blog, so I get, I get the updates. Right, right. and it's uh, some high, high value content. Excellent. So, uh, final question, Greg. I mean, people know how to share this, but final question to you. The beer is very cold, and it's waiting for us outside the door. What is, what was your favorite Grateful Dead concert? Well, it's a complex discussion because <laughs> I uh, I graduated in 1995 high school, um, and uh, so I was quite young when the Full Dead, Grateful Dead, were touring. So I I really jumped in on the post Jerry uh, world, and uh, mostly we were traveling around with Fish and whatnot. Now I did see post Jerry Garcia, Grateful Dead, many times. They had different uh, iterations. It was a Grateful Dead without Jerry, one called Further, and another one called The Dead. Like, they're still going around today as the dead. So I've seen The Grateful Dead without Jerry, and that's one of my regrets in life. I've got another regret, and uh, it's something to do with my dad building me a really cool tracing table when I was a kid out of a cardboard box and a piece of glass. <laughs> and after playing with it for three hours, I decided to turn it into a fort. And I, I regret that because it was such a cool tracing table. Um, yeah, so that and The Grateful Dead, not seeing Jerry, uh, too big. Uh, some, oh my gosh, this is some, crazy. Some we, insight into Greg. Yeah, yeah, into my head. We've got a guest coming up in a couple episodes that wrote the the ultimate marketing book based on The Grateful Dead. Well, there you David go. David Merriman Scott. Beautiful segue. I think that's going to be in two weeks. So, and, the, and you didn't mean I to I didn't segue. even mean that to be a segue. Oh, geez, I thought it would be brilliant. So I was listen, just working with it. Here's the only message I've got, because I know our extra talks about how to get in touch with Dave and I. Share this podcast, please. We yes. we uh, we want this to be viral for the mutual benefit reason of it. Uh, we want to share these words from uh, you know people like uh, uh, Lee and everybody else who we've had here. We need to share this this wisdom and uh, and all this. Sort of, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So share, uh, subscribe, and rate. Uh, thanks so much, and we'll see you next week on the Boiling Point, Dave. Looking forward to it. Word up. See you, buddy. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling.
Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.